Welcome to episode 39 of the Moms of Truth podcast. My name is Alicia, and if you're new here, I am a mom of four. My children are ages nine, six, six, yes, I have twins, and three. And right out of the gate, I just wanna let you know that I am not a perfect parent by any means, but I do rely on the one who is a perfect parent to help me raise up these blessings that he has trusted me with. And I am nothing apart from Jesus because without him, I can do nothing. I especially cannot raise up children to be like him without him. So all thanks, honor, and glory to God our Father for that. Last week, I talked about the importance of taming the mama tongue. I know as moms, it's likely that most of us has lost our cool with our kids at some point and maybe said things that we later felt bad about. And it is not my intention to make you feel condemned in any way, but to simply be able to talk about the hard things in parenting that we sometimes shy away from. I don't want you to beat yourself up, mama, about any regretful interactions that you may have had with your kids, but instead I want to encourage you that if you do feel that way, know that it is never too late to make it right with your kids by asking their forgiveness and God's also. His grace is sufficient. Our opening scripture today is James 3 verses 5 and 6. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. And this is one of the scriptures that I um, highlighted last week also. As moms, our words have great influence on our children. They can lift them up or tear them down. And in the throes of motherhood, last week I talked about two modes that I typically find myself in, one of which is mommy mode. And this is when things are very fast paced and chaotic. I'm just trying to get everyone to the end of the day in one piece. I am barking out commands and ultimatums, and I'm letting things slip from my mouth that I maybe shouldn't. On the flip side of that is disciple mode. And this is when things are maybe a bit more calm in the house and I'm taking time to really teach my children and instruct them in the ways of the Lord. I'm patient, I'm kind, I'm intentional with my words and my actions. And I mentioned last week that today we would take a look at some of those harmful things that we might say while we're in the throes of motherhood and look at replacing them with things that actually teach, build up, and even encourage them. So I'm going to go down a list of phrases, some of which I heard growing up, some I've actually said myself, and I've had to really learn how to work those out of my parenting. Other phrases I've kind of just come across on various parenting sites. And before we start, just remember that you are not expected to be a perfect parent, but simply point them to the one that is. And that is what our responses to our children should aim to do, to point them to Christ. All right, so let's get going. If you have ever asked or told your children to do something and the response was, why, 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 but why? You may have responded with, 
Because I said so, that's why. Kids are curious creatures. I get it. I am too. But the lesson that is most important for our children to learn is obedience. And even delayed obedience is considered disobedience. I will often remind my own children, honey, whether you understand me right now or not, you should still be obedient to what I'm asking or telling you to do. Just as God wants us to be obedient to him, so our children should learn to be with us. And this type of training will help them in their walk with Christ. If you haven't yet sat and actually talked about the importance and purpose of obedience, it is never too late. Put it on your list and get into scripture to help you understand more. There is a lot to say about obedience, and so I'll likely do a series on it in the near future. Another healthy response is maybe just try to answer the question why and see what happens. (laughs) Do as I say, not as I do. This one just needs to go because it's basically saying, hey, I'm going to hold you to a higher standard than I do myself, which is hypocritical and builds resentment in our kids. Instead, we should all be held to the same standard and that is Jesus Christ. As parents, we should be humble enough to admit when we are in the wrong and let our children be witness to our prayers and asking for forgiveness and help and guidance from Jesus. That is being an honest model of the faith to our kids. God gave you a brain, use it. Instead of saying this, we can encourage creativity and problem solving. Sweetheart, you are so smart. I know you can figure it out. I challenge my children to problem solve often because it's just a really good skill for them to have. With my younger one, who's only three, I will sometimes challenge him as well, but other times I will help him get started or maybe just give him an idea of what he could do, but then let him build confidence in trying it out for himself. I'm not asking, I'm telling. This one just needs to go. And again, we can go back to reminding our children the importance of obedience and listening the first time. In our house, I don't usually ever just tell my children, pick up your shoes, turn off the lights. It's always in the form of a question. Can you please pick up your shoes? Would you turn off the light, please? Parenting isn't about power, control, and dominance. It's about trust, love, and a respectful relationship. So by speaking kindly and asking my children, it actually helps to build our relationship and my children are more likely to listen to me the first time. Don't make me tell you again. This one also just needs to go. When my children are not listening or maybe they're just too caught up in playing or watching a show, I will go and directly make eye contact with them and say, sweetheart, you are not listening to me. This is usually enough that they feel some conviction and then get going on what I've asked them to do. Now, if they are being deliberately disobedient, if you have maybe a strong-willed child who heard you clearly and is choosing not to listen, then that may require something a little different. Usually taking up the heat and saying things like, don't make me tell you again, 
never turns out good, the strong-willed child will actually consider that a challenge to be even more defiant. If this were me, and it has been, I would tell my child to go to their room until they were ready to listen. Obviously, if they're being defiant, it's not likely they will go voluntarily. So I will calmly pick them up, set them in their room, say it again, come down when you're ready to listen, and shut the door. And then you can pick up from there. Stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. This one also needs to just not be said at all. This threat is coming from a parent who is being impatient and angry. For this one, it would be good to exercise some self-control. Um, to take a second to calm down, maybe walk away into the other room, and then go back and deal with the situation with a level head. What's wrong with you? So I'm gonna give an example for this one. Let's say you have a gallon of milk on the counter. You turn to get the cereal out of the pantry and your child decides to puncture the milk in three seconds flat while you weren't looking. Now you have milk going everywhere. You're rushing it to the sink. You might say, what's wrong with you? Why on earth would you do that? Maybe you've told your son a million times to lift the seat up when he goes pee and he still isn't and you sit on yet another wet seat. You might say, what's wrong with you? Just put the seat up. This statement doesn't make them feel like they did something wrong, but that something is wrong with them as a person. This is one of those things that really tear our kids down, makes them self-conscious and insecure. Instead, we should again, calm ourselves down before letting our mouth fly free and simply ask our children, why did you do that? Genuinely wanting to know and then talk it out from there, making sure that they are fixing the issue or cleaning up the mess at the same time. Our children are going to need constant reminding as we do with our Heavenly Father. I know it can be hard at times, but we must be mindful about growing in grace and patience with our kids. You have no reason to be upset. This one is just untrue. If our kids are upset, something made them upset, whether we consider it to be valid or not. Like, I think it's silly when my children get upset because I gave them a blue plate instead of a green one, or when I say no to cookies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But still, something is going on on the inside of them that is frustrating or upsetting them. And most of the time, I just need to take the time to talk it out with them and help them understand. When children are young, obviously they lack communication skills and everything becomes a tantrum because that is their form of communication. Being the adult, I should take that into consideration. Also for the younger ones who maybe aren't able to understand redirection, I love this method and I use it often. This is simply taking the focus off of the thing that they're upset about onto something else that um, maybe interests them or is fun or distracting, like letting them help me cook when they're throwing a fit about a cookie or talking about how much I love blue plates and different designs and this and that. Also, mama, pick your battles. 
Some just aren't worth the struggle. And for the older kiddos, they got a lot going on in here that they just can't control. Lots of hormones and new emotions that they're trying to figure out. And so if they are upset, we need to seek to understand why and then help them understand themselves. So I have lots more that I can cover. I, I just hit the tip of the iceberg. But I'm just gonna do one more so I can stay within my time frame. And please feel free to comment below with any that you may want to specifically have covered. The last one for today is stop complaining. My children do the most complaining when it's time to do chores. This is really just a matter of perspective, focusing on the negative instead of on the positive. It's really just a renewing and training of the mind. And this can be as simple as responding with, you know, I'm so happy we have so many different clothes to choose from. I just love how this house feels when it's clean, it's comfy, it smells nice, it makes me feel good. How about you, honey? Basically responding with gratitude and asking them, what are you thankful for? What do you think about that? Pulling them into the conversation with some questions. There are a lot of scriptures that you can spend time learning and discussing also that will help with the change of heart in your kids. Philippians 2, 14 through 15 is one of them. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then also Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And when our children learn to joyfully take care of the things the Lord has given them, they are serving him by learning, by bringing to him honor, because we know he looks at the condition of the heart. So let me close in prayer according to scripture, and we're done for today. Heavenly Father, would you help us as mothers to not use foul or abusive language with our children. Let everything we say be good and helpful so that our words will be an encouragement and good for building them up and training them in the way that they should go. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, I've actually had um, this question asked a few times now, so I'm going to answer it next week. And that is, what does spanking look like in your home? I recently did a four-part series on biblical discipline, and this was a small part of the series, but it stirred up the most questions. So I am going to talk about what we do behind closed doors in our home. Um, as always, until next time, teach them truth, train them up, and trust God through it all. 